This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Hello and welcome back to the City Report podcast. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie Kirsch. Hello Ollie. Adam's climbing up mountains again today so he's he's ditched us once more but i'm delighted to say you you're stepping in as usual you know the, the trusty servant you are and it's, it's great to have you back it's been a while so it's superb to have you back yeah it has been a little while i've been a little bit busy had my hands full i am a brand new father as of three weeks ago so uh <laughs> i was wondering if you were gonna say it. i didn't want to say it i didn't want to say it <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was yeah. wondering if you were appearances on appearances on here have been limited we've not managed to get out a mancunian way podcast episode either since then so yeah. yeah it's just been a little bit hectic but we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of longer sleeping periods and and some routine so glad to be back on yeah yeah i remember because because it's we were just saying before we came on, it's about three weeks now since the newborn and um, you sent us a photo the day after and it's the most adorable little cherub you could imagine. Um, remind <laughs> remind us of the name. Um, what it's Amelia. Amelia, yeah, absolutely Amelia, lovely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, congratulations to you, man, and I'm sure the listeners will agree that, that that's incredible. But um, but yeah, Thank anyway, you. it's great to have you back, and I'm sure you'll be delighted with this next part I'm going to start off with. It'll make you feel even better than your, your newborn child because... Of the guests in the in the City Report podcast universe, you're actually by far and away the top of the the City Report fantasy league table. Not quite top. Um, I mean, let me just pull up the table quickly. Ahmed is on 417 points, which is pretty absurd. But in terms of the guests, you are you are definitely top. I mean, I'm on I'm I'm 30th place. You're in you're in 11th, lad. Um, you're on 
386 points, not quite in the top 10, which is, you know, you know, letting us down a little bit there. But um, I'm on 352 in 30th position. And I'll take that, to be honest, because when you look at where Alex Brotherton and Adam are, Alex is 42nd, Adam is 43rd, 327 points and 322 points, respectively. There are only 50 people in the league. That for the other for the other co-hosts and guests that is that is poor poor showing yeah uh i mean my one regret is pretty tight at the top i'm four points off seventh and i did take a minus four hit uh last week or the week before to get well no it was actually to get sanchez in from brighton and then he went and conceded in the second minute to leicester so (laughs) yeah in my in my head i've got four more points than i really do but uh wait till you see what i'm cooking up for the next couple of weeks i'll be up at the top before well, yeah, I'm thinking. Obviously, for those who don't play FPL, this is this is just gibberish. But I'm thinking of a I'm thinking of a wild card soon because obviously you get free transfers after the World Cup as well, don't you? So I'm, I'm determined yeah, this year yeah. to make it through a full season. Um, so yeah, the, do you know what? I'm so- actually going to I'm I'm going to expose you and Booker here because the very first week of fantasy this season, I noticed that you two didn't have Haaland in your squad. Well, I've I messaged you both. I said, "Woe bit." I said, "Woe betide those that don't have Erling Haaland." Yeah. Lo and behold, he's been carrying the rest of us up to the top of the league, and you two are languishing down in the bottom half. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm I'm latching onto a little bit of respectability here, but um, I'm actually taking credit for Erling Haaland's good form in a City shirt purely because I don't <laughs> have him. Because it, it sounds ridiculous, but at the start of the season, I looked at him and I thought. If I put you in my FPL team, you won't score goals. If I don't put you in my FPL team, you'll do well. And and look what's happening. So so forget Pep Guardiola, forget the backroom staff, forget Erling Haaland himself. It's it's actually me. Everyone has to find as to why he's scoring goals because I'm sticking by it and not having in my team. And and I mean Harry Kane's doing all right for me, I suppose. So I can take that. Yeah, plans for him pretty soon. I think it's after game week 11 or game week 12. Their fixtures open up quite nicely. So I'm just cooking up how I can get him in. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly all the time, Ireland. all the time uh, looking after the newborn has been spent looking at uh, FPL uh, oh, yeah. tricks as well. <laughs> um, right, should we chat some football then? Um, so if you're looking for reaction to City's 2-1 win over Borussia Dortmund, go back on the City Report podcast feed and you can catch mine and Adam's reaction from Wednesday night. Today we're going to be pre- reviewing City's clash with Wolves, which comes on Saturday afternoon. And I mean, first things first, Saturday 12.30, having just played on Wednesday night, seems a really tight turnaround. But I guess when you see the games later on in the weekend that have been postponed, we just have to be uh, majorly thankful that there's a game going on at all. Yeah, uh, it's tough. I was thinking about this last night, actually. And I don't know if it was mentioned on the reaction. I haven't had a chance to listen to that yet. But we we didn't get a chance to rest anyone properly. Mm. You know, yeah. we, we were pushing right up until the 90th minute last night. Obviously, the winner came in the 84th. I think ideally, we would have had at least a two-goal cushion, get uh, Harlem rested. It, it's, it's turned into a bit of a funny one, actually, on Saturday. I did predict that Harlem would have come off early last night, as he does when we've got a comfortable lead. Julian Alvarez, despite the clamour from City Twitter to start, maybe he used the insurance policy. It wouldn't, and this is kind of bugging me out as well for FPL, it wouldn't surprise me if Harlem starts on the bench on Saturday now, just because he didn't get that rest last night. 
Right. Okay. Do you, I, I guess we have got team news chat to come, um, and we can cover that yeah. a bit now. But do you do you not feel as if that 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 gap in the Spurs game that that being cancelled? Because for me, I thought City were getting to a point where they're probably going to have to trundle towards the international break. And obviously, Erling Haaland has started every single game since mm. well, Community Shield, and and I suppose even that that strange Bayern Munich friendly that was about ten minutes long in the end. So he's he's played. Quite a bit of football, and, and clearly he's someone. I think the the Touchwood, obviously, the injury concerns he arrived with, as we've covered a, a number of times, are partly down to the fact that Brushy Dortmund have an inability to keep footballers fit. I mean, the, the negligence they show towards some of their top talents is is, is mental because even when they're fifty percent back from an injury, they start throwing them into high intensity environments. So. We'll wait and see if there is any sort of recurring injury problems, but he, he looks in fine stead. And, you know, he's not someone who spends 80 minutes, 90 minutes of a game chasing after lost causes. You know, he's not that sort of cut from that same sort of cloth. So he can sort of coast through games and, as we've seen, pop up with a, a goal out of nowhere. But um, I don't know if you feel like that that Spurs game was a, a welcome rest, sort of inadvertently. And with City now playing Dortmund, and I, I know what you're saying, you know, in terms of in terms of preparing for this tight turnaround, it wasn't ideal. But I don't know if these two, last two games were a case of right, give everything, go off on your international break, come back, and and then because October is the big one, really, isn't it? I don't know if you've seen the schedule, but it's frightening. Yeah, yeah, I saw you actually post that on Twitter the other day uh, with the with the list of the fixtures that we've got coming up. In my head, the Spurs game wasn't postponed; it went ahead. We had thirty shots. Spurs had two, we lost two nil. Um, <laughs> was it a rest? I mean, yeah, we usually extremely sluggish against them. Anyway, it's like yeah. I think of a Spurs fixture, and I'm just unbelievably, overwhelmingly negative about it because yeah, that's generally how I face it. But yes, it was a, it was a rest, but it is a very very tight turnaround, and I just feel that Alvarez being on the bench last night was the insurance policy. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, Pep did say the other week in his press conference. Listen, he's you know he's twenty two years old, not thirty two. He can recover fine. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I don't know because the other side of this, and I'm sure we're going to get onto it, is that Wolves just aren't that good. Yeah, yeah. The, we'll we'll cover that in part two on Wolves themselves. But as for City, return to Premier League action, of course, after back-to-back Champions League games. City start the weekend in second place behind Champions-elect Arsenal as as the, the Gunners' faithful are, are determined to let everyone know they've already already wrapped up the league title. But um, a win would actually take City top. Um, would you look at that? How have you assessed City's uh, Premier League form this season? Because... Depending on where you look, City have either been um, unstoppable or they've been woeful. And I mean, I guess the the real answer's a little bit in the middle. Um, performances at times haven't been fantastic, but results speak for themselves. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm really happy with the start to our season. To be honest, we've we've been the better side in every single game, bar maybe thirty minutes in the Newcastle game, yeah. thirty minutes in the Villa game. Uh, we, we've been the better side. We've smashed Bournemouth. We've smashed. Forest Villa was, I mean, that was just outrageously unlucky. But Villa, we had two XG, got one goal. Newcastle, three point six seven XG, got three goals. We, but Newcastle only had two point two. We, we, what I'm trying to say is, we have been the better side. Mm. I tend not to worry, especially this season. If we're the better side, 
we're going to be fine. Last season, it was a bit different because there mm. were many, many occasions where we were the better side, but we just didn't have that ability to convert. This season, yeah. I just think it's a bit of a bad look, to be honest. Um, if, if I contrast that to a team like, say, Spurs, or even Man United, mm. neither of them look great. Mm. They're picking up yeah. points. Yeah. United especially, they're picking up points. They've got four wins, two losses. The four wins, I don't think they've particularly been the better side in any of those four. No, no. And no, they did. They pulled this trick. They pulled this trick with Oli uh, Gunnar Solskjaer at the beginning of last season. Like they, they were picking up a lot of points, but the performance is it's just unsustainable. It really and is. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm happy with how we've started. In short, we've we've dominated every single game we've played. Yes, we've dropped four points, but we're still unbeaten. We're we're showing the ability to come back. We're showing the ability to create and score from nothing. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm Quite happy, really. It's a shame that we're not picked up all the points, but it is what it is. You know, no, nobody's going to be perfect, so we've just got to crack on and keep playing how we're playing, and the results will come. Yeah, you, you mentioned the the comparisons between United and um, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and under Eric Ten Hag. They they love a triple barrel name, don't they? At that place, it's, it's something I just noticed. But um, anyway, well, they've got to get three names in because they can't get three points. <laughs> That's ace. As he takes a sip of his, as he takes a sip of his bread. I've got I've got the dad humour in already. <laughs> yeah, the, the first dad joke. Twelve <laughs> minutes in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it is important to note because teams have been picking up points and playing badly. City have been in comparative terms pay, playing badly to their usual sort of levels but but again, six games four wins, two draws, zero defeats. It, it's not exactly panic button time let's put it that way. Um, the performances, like I say, you know they, they could be better. I guess the the, the if I'm going to highlight an issue it's the way in which City have conceded goals because it has been a little bit lackadaisical at times at the back and, and I guess that's maybe expected when you consider these injuries in those positions and and with the addition of Manuel Akanji, there's, there's now a really big pool of players to pick from. You know, when Laporte's fit, five centre-halves is, is is a lot. It's, it's sort of unlike City in recent years and unlike Pep. Um, we'll do formation, lineup, etc. shortly. Quickly on Manuel Akanji's start to life in a City shirt. 180 minutes in the bank, both in the Champions League. Looking pretty assured. Uh, I think you'd, you'd agree with me on that. Low key could be the value signing of the summer. Outside of the obvious, with Harlem being fifty-one yeah. million, Akanji at fourteen million. We're talking about a player that everyone, every team in the Premier League and half the teams in the Championship could afford. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Especially that, when you that's look the kind of. Yeah, it's reminiscent. Listen, I'm not saying he's going to go on to have this kind of legacy or the ability, whatever. But it, it is very reminiscent of company at six million mm, in yeah. a sense. Because we've signed a player that is, in today's terms, universally affordable. He was struggling to get into the Borussia Dortmund 11. He's waltzed in at the Etihad, having, I think he had a kid as well last week. Did he? He had one day of training. Yeah, I think he's just become a dad as well. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. He's, he's, He's had one day of training. He's waltzed in, having hardly played in the Dortmund 11. And he just looks like he's been here forever. Mm. Yeah, he really it's, does. And listen, it's only two games. I can't get overexcited, but I like the guy. I think he's he's he, he's slotted straight into the dressing room. He's obviously getting on with the other lads. Um, he looks really assured. He's great with his feet. He's quick. I do know from his Dortmund days, he can be prone to a defensive error or two. Mm. But 
the reason I think he's going to fit in so well with us is because he is very well suited to playing a very high line. The guy is lightning quick. Yeah. And even if he does make a bit of a boo-boo, like we see Carl Walker do at times, he's got the pace to get back and recover and, and just fall back on that ability. So I'm really excited about Akanji. How much we're going to see of him, it's pretty hard to tell, but Pep's obviously already taken a shine to him. Looks mm-hmm. good. He really does. He really does. And I mean, um, I don't know what percentage football the transfer inflations go up each season but if you compare six million in 2008 would you say I suppose you're probably looking at it's probably about 14 million if not more now so I, I get that comparison entirely for me I, I, I agree I wonder if he's a player who probably plays more in the Champions League than the Premier League purely because he's a hands-on defender he likes to really pressurize uh, attackers he likes to get into the faces and, and like you say he's got the ability to cover with his pace it'll be interesting to see him against the physical striker I don't know what Wolves will do with their lineup if Diego Costa goes straight in but if he does start which I don't know if he will which I guess we'll use that as a jump uh, a way to segue onto the wider lineup you assume Ruben Diaz comes straight back into the team Ali I mean yeah. he sat out the Dortmund yeah. game so he, he's a he's a steadfast name on that sheet Stones stole the limelight at, at right back Obviously, Nathan Ake came back in. He's fit again, and we were speaking about at the start of the season how he's one of City's most important defenders. Who starts next to Diaz? Then is it Akanji? Is it Stones? Is it uh, is it Nathan Ake? Or, or is it, it, it? Well, I guess they're the free to pick from Laporte's not quite back yet. Yeah, it, it's tough to say. Really, I don't think we're going to risk Stones. Uh, obviously, he's had his injury issues, and when he has come back a couple of times, he's gone off pretty early in the game. I, I don't think we're going to risk him purely because we are spoiled for choice right now. Mm. I think what we're likely to see is, uh, God, I mean, it's hard to tell. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a punt. I'm going to say Chancelo right back, right. Diaz and uh, Akanji in the middle, and Ake left back. The okay. alternative is going to be Diaz and Ake in the middle. Sergi Gomez at left back. Mm, yeah, yeah. But I think um, Chancelo's on the right this weekend. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with that in terms of it being one of Nathan Ake or Sergio Gomez at left back. I think that's probably what we'd have seen against Tottenham. Um, I reckon injuries, rotation, etc. The way Dortmund set up meant that Stones played at right back, and I mean, apart from the goal against Dortmund, it was it wasn't exactly a, a shining performance. Um, as for as for moving up the, the pitch, then we'll do this quickly. You get the sense for me that the as frustrating as the Spurs postponement was, it will allow City to go as close to full strength in this last game before the international break, even though it's twelve thirty. I can't imagine there being much rotation from Rodri De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, or Gundogan. You know, take who, who, uh, Bernardo Silva or Gundogan, one of those two in there. You're shaking your head. Do you disagree with that? I, th- I think we're going to see a couple of surprises. Um, really? Whether it's yeah, whether it's Calvin Phillips coming in for Rodri or whether it's a duo of Gundogan and Bernardo instead of KDB. I think we're going to get surprises in the midfield uh, and possibly up top as well. I, I just think this tight turnaround and the way we lined up last night all points to further rotation this weekend. Okay. Okay, we'll wait and see. I mean, I've got down Rodri, De Bruyne, Bernardo purely because I, I see them playing sort of every single game um, this season. Uh, whether or not your 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 telepathic dad senses are, are connecting with Pep already, and and you, you sort of having galaxy brain <laughs> moments together, I don't know. But um, 
interesting. I, I, w- I wouldn't be against Calvin Phillips player. I, I love I love watching yeah. Calvin Phillips play. He's, he's a classy footballer and I think he could do a job. I just don't know how City perform without Rodri in the team. It's been that long since we've seen it with a... I don't want to I don't want to offend Fernandinho but it was a tough watch at times last season and Wolves are a team we know from the off we'll, we'll be focusing on counter attacks um attacking wise then who's your front three I mean sorry front two because obviously uh oh no I, I don't know are you gonna are you gonna drop Haaland after that performance are you <laughs> out the team as well um no me, I, I I'll, I'll actually plays. yeah I'll, I'll go with I'll go with the three that I think looks to be our strongest three this season. Foden on the left, Haaland through the middle, Alvarez on the right. Okay. If we do have Chancelo at right back, I think Chancelo is going to end up overlapping into a right-wing position. And similar to that shadow striker role that KDB's been playing, I think Alvarez will pull central and play almost... It will almost kind of be like a, a three... I mean, how do you even enumerate this? Three, three, four when we're going forward? I yeah, think it's going to look that like. Adds up to, yeah, that adds up to 10 outfielders, and I think that's probably what it, it could look like. Um, I reckon I reckon Grealish plays, to be honest. For me, I, I think if, if you have the left-footed left-back, I reckon that makes Grealish's game a whole lot easier because he's certainly... Just, just on that, Amos, I actually I, I expected that you... Am I right in saying you spoke about Grealish on the reaction pod? A little bit, yeah. Not too much. We, we, okay. we basically said that it was... A poor performance from him, but it was a poor, a mm-hmm. poor performance from everyone. Basically, he wasn't alone in the fact that he was he wasn't the best. Well, I'm just having a look. Uh, just before we jumped on, I've looked at the player heat maps for the touches for um, Grealish and Chancelo. Uh, when they played together in game weeks one and two, it's basically copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. um, they are both. Stick a, a line from the 18-yard box out to the touchline. In that rectangle from that line and the halfway line, that is pretty much exclusively where both Grealish and Chancelo have been operating. Mm. Now, if you then switch that to the other side and you compare it to Foden and Walker on the right, it's com- it looks completely different. Mm-hmm. And also, if you throw Gundogan in there, his heat map's very similar. The, Grealish is... Oh, I would love to see him start, and if we do throw on Sergio Gomez or Ake, I think he'll he'll have a good time. But we need to see Grealish having a run of games where the team around him, yeah, is suitable to him. Yeah, because I mean, honestly, I'll I'll send you these pictures afterwards, Amos. But when you see these heat maps, you you just think for somebody as bright as Pep, i.e., one of the greatest football minds on the planet, yeah. why he persists in playing these two together beyond me. Beyond. Yeah, essentially, you 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 are copying and pasting what Adam said on the Dortmund reaction, and and I'm I'm stopping speaking about Jack Grealish because I think I've repeated yeah. myself so often. But he he's certainly a victim of the system, and and it is a shame because he's so talented, and I I don't think he's doing much wrong. And you know I've said that numerous times, but he can he's not compatible with Cancelo, and Cancelo is no. not compatible with him, and that's fine. Because both of them are good players, and you're gonna have you're gonna have different players playing at different times. But yeah, um, I, I'd like to see Grealish with a left footed left back, and I'd like to see Jao Cancelo um, get up higher in the pitch because he's he's clearly one of City's best attacking threats. Um, okay, that'll do for part one. We'll be back after a very very quick break to speak about Wolverhampton Wanderers, Adama Traore, and if the ghost of Traore past will be stopped at the Molyneux this weekend. 
Talk to me about Traore. How often, on average, per week, do you have sweats in the lead-up to Wolves games, thinking about the way he's torn City apart in previous years? Bucket loads, mate, and he collects it up and he lathers it all over his arms and his neck. He reminds me of the greased-up deaf guy in Family Guy. Um, <laughs> like, not only is he outrageously quick, but he greases himself up so he can't be grabbed onto. Yeah. Um it's funny, Traore is one of those players, it's like, a, who was it, Andros Townsend as well. These players that were like fairly average and then against yeah. us, they just pull some mad shit out of the bag. Uh, who else have we got as well? I I've mean, got obviously, one for you. I've got one for you. Human Son, world-class yeah, player. Yeah. Zoltan Guerra, formerly of Fulham. This is for listeners of a certain age. He had, God, that's he, a had he had a masterclass against City on numerous occasions. But you, <laughs> you're right. There, there are these players that seem to just perform. I suppose every club has them. You know, I'm not, I'm yeah. not a regular on the Anfield rap, or I don't listen to a lot of Chelsea podcasts. So it's not clearly just a City thing in terms of having, um, you know, old foes that turn it on against clubs. But it does seem like City have a, a sort of disproportionate amount. Um, mm. As for Wolves themselves, then you, you alluded to it. A little bit before they're not very good at football or at least they haven't been this season and it's been well it's been a bang average start to the campaign for them really one win three draws two defeats I am glad in saying that they managed to get their first win since April the 2nd last going back to last season in their last game out against Southampton which they probably shouldn't have won either they've scored three goals they've conceded four it they seem like a little bit of a placeholder, but as we saw with Aston Villa, when a team's under pressure, they come up against City. It is it is essentially a cup final for some of these teams, and they will pose threats, I suppose. Yeah, the the funny thing about Wolves, uh, they're kind of like I don't know if you've seen what's going on with Preston in the yes, championship. Yeah, yeah. But they they've had a bizarre string of results, something like five nil nils, two one ones. They're like simultaneously the worst defensive start. Uh, sorry, the best ever defensive start and the worst ever offensive worst start. Worst attacking start, yeah. Yeah, and Wolves are actually quite similar. So for XG, Wolves are fifteenth in the table. So fifteenth best, i.e. fifth, sixth worst. Yeah. My brain's all frazzled right now. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. for expected goals against, now they've only actually conceded four, which is the best in the league, mm. I can see. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, it is. Couple of, what, Brighton on five, Tottenham on five, City six. Yeah, Wolves have only conceded four. Belies the truth, though, their XG is around seven. Uh, X goals conceded is around seven. But that is still the fifth best in the Premier League. So mm. they have actually been fairly tight at the back so far. Uh, going forward, they are also toothless. So it does invite a 1-0 win via an Adama Traore goal, doesn't it? But yeah. also, though, the thing is, as well, you consider the teams that they've played, though. I mean, they're failing to create much against Leeds, against Fulham, against Bournemouth, against Southampton. That's pretty crap, to be mm. fair. Uh, I think the statistics here are probably half, half a consequence of the teams that they've played. We shouldn't really face any problems. I would expect it's going to be a typical pattern that we've seen with loads of teams. They're going to try and sit back. I don't think they're going to have much of a go. Uh, and eventually, I think we'll break the deadlock and we'll win. 
it's the start of a really important period for Wolves, really. You mentioned some of the, the games they've had and, and you would have expected them to take more points than they, they already have. Um, but it's City on Saturday, then after the international break, it's West Ham, Chelsea and Nottingham Forest. And, and you know, the, the different teams at different periods in their in their progression in their season, but the, the, the sort of tough tests, all of them, and Crystal Palace after that as well. Um, I do have some sympathy for, for Wolves, I have to say. They obviously... Um, Raul Jimenez, who's their talisman, has had a, a really, really rough time of injuries. And, and, you know, he was a striker, sort of, when would it be? 2018, 19, 2019, 20. You know, really, really enjoyable play to watch, sort of, the, almost of the same mold of some of the strikers we've seen doing it this season, that sort of, that, that old fashioned number nine. And, and Sasa Kalidovic as well from Stuttgart, who came in and did his ACL in his first appearance, which is, yeah, which is massively uh, upsetting and disappointing for them. They've turned to Diogo Costa. Now, do City give Eloquin Mangala a bell and say, look, mate, come back for one game? You know, you clearly <laughs> you clearly had his number back in, when was it, 2013-14 or 14-15, um, come and play in, in defence for us. I think he said in his introduction interview that he doesn't think he'll be fit for two or three weeks, which I took a big sigh of relief when he said that, but it could just be sort of turning up for like a WWE-style entrance where at Molyneux on Saturday where he comes out and puts on a masterclass at, what what age is he, about 47? He doesn't bother me. He doesn't scare me. He's been out of the game too long at this level. Uh, We've massively improved since... The days of, as you were saying, Elikin Mangala was the one that was that was dealing with him back then. It's really weird. He's kind of like a throwback to a bygone era. I don't yeah. think he's particularly a player to fear anymore. Um, if anything, to be honest, it is the pace of Adama Traore that we need to worry about more so than the the big lumbering figure of a very aggressive Diego Costa. I, I would probably sooner see Costa up against our high line than uh, than Traore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Traore then. He, he he's a weird one, isn't he? Obviously, we mentioned him having having tormented City so many times in the past, and he, he he's never really someone who's who's really done it by that twenty nineteen twenty season. When I remember there being quite a few links that City were looking at him. Um, he's played four times this season. He's not got a goal and an assist. He's going to be the Hyungmin Son effect. Is he going to turn up and and sort of? Needing a goal, needing an assist, needing to sort of reconcile with the Wolverhampton Wanderers supporters after leaving for Barcelona. Is it his time? How does City stop him? I mean, we saw his uh, same sort of sort of he's similar player in um, Alan Saint Maximum tore City to shreds. Surely, if you're Bruno Large, you're looking at that that game plan and going right. Okay, how can we copy and paste this? Or does he even start because he's not really been in the team that much? I mean, you have to start him because, listen, I don't want to be harsh. I've got to give him some credit. It's not that by the force of the gods that he just turns up against City and is given some magic in his boots and then after the game he gives them back. It's it's that his game is limited, but the limited skill set he does have is perfectly suited to playing against teams like us yeah. or even against Liverpool. That is why he does well against us. That's partly why. I mean, Alan Samaxman, I give him far more credit as a player. I think he's more well-rounded. He's got uh, a lot of tools in his box. But Triore, like I said, he is quite one-dimensional, but that one dimension is incredibly well-suited to a ball over the top with 60 yards of space in behind mm-hmm. the City back line. Whether or not he can finish at the end of it, uh, roll your dice. But yeah, I think they, from a Wolves perspective, they have to start him. And 
they're, they're just going to be trying to ping balls through to him all game, aren't they? And try and beat the uh, beat the press. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if City can can give him that space, then then um, then he'll have a, a fun afternoon if he does play. Um, right. Okay. We'll wrap up then on the on the head to head record because. For me, I, I'm always someone who looks at a, a game like this, and I said it before Villa, and, and Adam laughed at me saying I was giving them too much credit and look what happened. But I always find these sort of middle to lower table clashes going away from home where you feel as if City have to score early on to really sort of put the game out of bed. That didn't happen against Villa. It was a second half sort of showdown and, and they allowed allowed Villa to get back into the game. But Generally speaking, despite the fears of Adama Traore, it's been a, a, a fixture city have fared well in since they got promoted back to the Premier League. It, it's two defeats, and both of them came in the ill-fated 2019-20 campaign, of course. And since then, four four wins on the bounce, including last year's demolition, where if you remember, remember um, Kevin De Bruyne put on a, a first half master show, getting a hat trick, and then adding a second, a fourth, sorry, in the second half. City's head to head record suggests they go to Molyneux and they win. Is it going to be as simple as that? Do you reckon? Yeah, in the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, listen, I'm very often quite cynical. Uh, cautious almost yeah but it's really hard to see Wolves keeping us out for 90 minutes as good as they have been at the back Mm. again albeit against other mediocre teams and they're not really very creative like I said they're they're only I'll I'll give them a puncher's chance in short Uh, they might land a blow through a clinical through ball. You know, if, if Triore can if Triore can do his thing, if they can get that one ball over the top, they might even give us a scare. I just don't see over the period of 90 minutes how we don't beat them. But mm. I said the same against Villa. Uh, I don't think I was on the pod, but you know, I, I did think that we'd just turn Villa over eventually. Yeah. Didn't happen, although we had some ridiculous statistic of shots on target and shots on goal or something. Mm. We should have beaten Villa. We played well enough. And this is why I was going, going back to what I said earlier. If we continue to play how we've been playing, the results will come. Yeah, yeah. The chances of us having two performances like the one against Villa and not winning either of them, unbelievably slim. I think we've taken our two-point hit in the Villa game. If we perform the same way, law of averages, we'll go on and score three or four goals. Yeah, um, it, it, for me, it'll be interesting. Two people I've been impressed with, Wolves-wise, and it adds up because of the defensive strength has been Max Kilman and Nathan Collins at the back. That They're two centre-halves that have, have partnered each other really well. I thought they did they did, um, did well at, at keeping Harry Kane quiet when they played Spurs, and, and that'll be an interesting one to watch against Haaland. You know, it's a test after a test after a test for Erling Haaland. There's no, there's no real two same teams in the Premier League, and we'll wait and see how he uh, approaches that one. But I, I think that'll do for today, Ali. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. I, I'll, I'll let you get back off to dad duties and and, and telling those dad <laughs> jokes. I'm expecting every time you come on now to have a, a a dad joke that gets progressively worse and worse. I will come armed and ready. Fantastic stuff. Um, as always, if you are new around here, make sure you hit follow, subscribe, etc. If you haven't already, go back and listen to our Dortmund reaction that dropped on Wednesday night. And then obviously make sure you share this podcast too. Um, I've been Amos Murphy. I've been joined by Ollie Kirsch. Ollie, thank you. Cheers, Amos. And until next time, we'll see you later. 
Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.